What's up, Sweetie? It's Nick Rashley, founder of Disaster Trade, and welcome to episode 34 of the Disaster Trade podcast. You're now tuned in to the Desire to Trade podcast, a show where we bring you the best figures of the trading world and teach you how you can become a successful trader. This is your host, Etienne Kret. A couple of months ago, one of the guys in the Facebook group sent me an email. He told me about SMB Capital and Mike Belafiore. Mike Belafiore is the co-founder of SNB Capital, as well as the author of two books, One Good Trade, an awesome book in my opinion, as well as a playbook, which I'm just reading right now. One last thing I want to address, if you're not in the Facebook group, you're missing out on something. I really want you to join this group. It's totally free. You can check this out at disastertrade.com forward slash group and you'll be redirected to the Facebook group right away. Now this is a good way to keep in touch with me after the show and to get notified of everything I'm doing. You can also connect with other traders. So check this out and I'll see you soon. Mike Blafieri, welcome to the Desire Trade Podcast. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. Awesome. It's a real pleasure to have you today. So I've been reading your two books, including So One Good Trade and the playbook, and I have to seem really impressed by all the work you're doing and everything you're putting out there for traders. Thank you. So I want to start by asking you, what is one quote that inspires you? So on my signature line for my email sits, you can be better tomorrow than you are today. That is how my second book, The Playbook, ends. That is a quote that does inspire me to get better every day accomplish my goals and work hard at getting a little bit better this week, this month, this day, this year. So it's always about progressing, right? It's always about, yeah, being better. Cool. So how did you start to trade? Tell us that this uh, story. So I started trading back in the late nineties. I was in law school, realized I didn't want to be a lawyer. Um, and I had a friend from my hometown. I grew up in, in Port Jeff, Port Jefferson, New York, which is a small town in Long Island. And I went to uh, I went to law school in, in Connecticut, and I just realized that wasn't something that I was going to be particularly good at, nor that I wanted to do. And I was kind of looking around for things that I would enjoy. And um, one of my really good friends from home had started trading and got in at a, a firm that was at the, the ground floor of electronic trading. And uh, his roommate from Wharton got him into trading uh, with a particular firm. And I was at a party in New York City at a birthday party for New York City with the two of them. And they kind of cornered me and told me what it was like and uh, how they were enjoying what they were doing and doing really well. And um, at that time, it was sounded like a lot of fun. So I'm not the type of person who, since the age of five, has known he wanted to be a trader. I kind of backed into it because of some really good friends. And how was the start? Did you struggle at first? 
I wrote about this in one good trade, which is in the first five, in the first nine months, I didn't do very well. And certainly not as well as, as, as I had hoped and, um, was able to turn it around after that. But, you know, in the first nine months I was, had lost a decent amount of money. I was, I was in a hole with my firm and I needed to turn it around. I do think that eight months, 12 months and 18 months are very good lines of demarcation for people who are new and developing as traders. In the first eight months, you really should learn whether or not the style of trading that you're employing is best for you. Is that going to be your niche? You really should learn whether or not trading is something that you have a passion for. Lots of people say, I have a passion for trading. This is what I really want to do. I sit in all those interviews. Nobody comes in here and tells me that they kind of are sure that they want to be a trader, but they're not so sure. So give, they all say, this is definitely what I want to do. Give me a chance. I'm going to be the best trader you have on your desk. They all say that. But you're really not going to learn whether or not trading is your passion until you actually start to have to do the work that goes into improving, to start to do the AM preparation, to start to do the weekend chart review, to start to do the daily chart review after the close, to start to do your work on what we call the SMU Performance Center, a detailed trade review, till you do a playbook trade of a setup that made the most sense to you that you're archiving so you're building your business so that you're watching back tape of a trade that you think will repeat in the marketplace. For instance, VRX, there was a wonderful moment in VRX that you can go back and watch the tape for between 9.45 and 10 o'clock from this Monday where you can see a signal that that was getting ready to bounce, a signal from the tape. Are you gonna be the guy who just laments that they didn't make $30,000 in that up move? Or are you gonna be the guy or gal who goes back and watches tape of that ignition signal in the stock so that the next time you see it, you trade it better, you trade it bigger, you trade it more proficiently. So in that first eight months, you're gonna learn, hey, is this something I really wanna do? And I think in, in 18 months, you're gonna get a lot of trading data as to whether or not you can do it. Not everybody can be a trader and not everybody has the ability that is a truth about trading. There's a, there's a very high, there's a very high failure rate in trading overall in all types of trading, hedge fund trading, institutional trading, the type of trading that we do, prop trading, um, bond trading, it's universal. So, but I think that 18 months, that's, that's a good amount of, of data for you to figure out whether or not you do have edge and you can develop edge as a trader. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty glad you brought it up because this is, this is something most traders, I think, forget that it's, it's like still a lot of work, even though you're trading, it's still a lot of work on the side, not always trading but on the side. Yeah. So what I, what I noticed is that in one good trade, you really talk about different people who went through uh, S&P Capital and tried to basically get, get a job there and try to trade there. So some of them were successful, some of them were not successful. What do you think makes a good trader overall? You could write a couple of books about that, which I, which I did. Um, 
So I look at trading as a process. So most people look at trading based upon where they're at today, where they're at on that continuum. And that tends to be short-sighted. When I'm sitting in my seat having a conversation with a significant trader, I'm thinking about, hey, where is this person going to be in three to five years? No matter what their skill level, whether or not that's shark, whether or not that's you know another one of our seven-figure traders, whether or not that's somebody who I think can become a seven-figure trader this year, whether or not that's somebody who's a 250 trader who I think uh, is coming up the curve real fast. I'm thinking about where they're going to be in, in three to five years. And so um, I think of trading as a process. The first thing that you want to do is you want to build the foundation. You got to learn a whole bunch of stuff about markets, about stocks, about the product that you're trading that you may think you know, but you just don't. There's just all of these holes that even really smart, ambitious people coming out of college from the best colleges in the US or abroad, they just don't know certain things about markets and what moves stocks and what moves markets and what's truly important. And so that takes a while. And then after you've sort of gotten that foundation, you, you do want to be exposed to setups that have edge and you want to start experimenting. So for the next four months, you want to go through a trader development part of the process. You want to try different trades. You want to keep the ones that make sense to you. You want to get rid of the ones that don't. You want to make sure your review process is good. You want to make sure your preparation process is good. You want to make sure you're around people that are talking about trading. You want to make sure somebody's reviewing your work. You want to make sure you have mentoring sessions and on and on and on. But you want to be developing. And during that process, you want to figure out, hey, I think I'm this type of trader. I think I'm this type of product trader. I think I want to trade futures. Okay. I think I want to trade stocks. I think I want to be a scalper. I think I want to be a swing trader. I think I want to be a technical trader. You want to try all those different types of trades and, and, and have a conclusion about the type of trading you like, the type of trading that meshes with your talent. And then you want to sort of go from there. And then the, the next journey, the next part of the process is you want to be aligned with a senior trader who's way better than you, who trades like the way you want to trade and work with them on a daily basis. We call it team trading here. So um, at SMB, we call it, that's a third part, it's team trading. So you sit with a shark or a swang or whoever the really good traders are um, on your desk. And you want to go through that. And, and so, you know, what kind of characteristics do you want to be a good trader? You want somebody who, the best example that, uh, that, that I can tell about this um, in terms of one characteristic you definitely need is the ability to process information quickly. There is uh, first source data that suggests, there's primary source data that suggests that looking at all the different types of traders, one commonality is that they process information quickly. What does that mean? And so the story I, I, I love to tell is a story about Swang, one of our very, very fast traders who scalps a lot. He processes information so quickly that we used a third-party platform and traded 
through this third-party platform that was uh, registered by a first-tier trading firm in the city. And we traded through their, their routes, and we traded with their market makers, and we traded on their platform. And he is so fast that him entering orders manually caused that firm who we were sending our business to to consistently lose money. They, they couldn't handle his order flow. He was that fast. So thinking quickly, processing information quickly is, is definitely something that's important. Perseverance. One of our guys today started the day down $15,000 because he took out a position overnight, finished up $2,000 today. After the close, I went over to him and said, that's a really good fight. Perseverance. Very, 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 very important. A growth mindset. Somebody who's trying to get better each day is willing to do the work to get better each day as opposed to judging their trading based upon their P&L. Somebody, who, somebody who's patient. I went through those three stages of growth because I wanted to lay out to you how patient you really need to be. You really aren't going to find out if you're going to be any good at trading for at least eight months and probably 18 months. So you want to be patient. You want to be somebody who has the ability to uh, build their own edge, somebody who can take things that have worked for other people, put their own slant on it. So look, I won't go through all the characteristics. We, we just wouldn't have time for that. It, it, it is something that I've spent two books writing about. Um, but those are a couple of things. And are those things that, that develop over time with like training information or is it, is it something you have to have at the beginning? Yeah, I mean, I think that information is nowhere near as important as having certain characteristics, you know, having a growth mindset, being somebody who processes information quickly, somebody who has a passion for trading. Uh, we have a, a saying internally here, which is culture eats strategy for lunch. I'm going to look for a guy to train who fits into our culture before I'm interested in somebody who is going to try and sell me that they have a really great strategy. Strategies come and they go. There was a great post in Bloomberg the other day about whenever a quantitative strategy is published, in two years, that strategy is half as effective as it was from its published date. Strategies come and they go. Traders who adapt and who have skills sustain. How would you describe this, the, the culture at, uh, at SNV? We're trying to get better every day. We're trying to push ourselves outside of our comfort zone. We're looking for new ways to express our ideas. We are studying our strengths and building from them. We understand we do not have all the answers. We understand that we need to find new answers and new markets or else whatever we've done in the past, all the success we've had in the past won't mean anything. 
And so, you know, we are constantly looking ahead. You know, for example, SMB is an entity that I created with my best friend, Steve Spencer, and we have another partner um, as well. And we've created a joint venture with the Kirshner Trading Group, with KTG, who offers our homegrown traders some advantages that maybe we weren't offering our traders five years ago. One of those large advantages is the ability for our traders to automate. So if you come into SMB and you trade through, through us, every trader has the ability from their desktop to develop a thesis about a trade that will work. I think if a stock gaps up 3%, and holds its gap for an hour is going to finish higher on that day. But you can come in and you can backtest that idea from your desktop. And you can forward test that idea from your desktop and we will run it live in an automated systems trading application with real capital and then bump it up as it's doing better because, and that's just an example of, because, you know, five years ago, Steve and I were sitting around a conference room saying, Hey, you know, what is the new market going to look like? I think the new market is going to look like discretionary traders who also were supplementing their PL with automated trading strategies. We think as a firm, that we need to be doing both. And we think we think that's important. So you know, I can tell you a lot of the strategies that we first taught traders when we started SMB about 10 years ago, we only use under very, very specific market conditions. Whereas when we started, you know, those trades we wanted to use under all market conditions. Um, and, and, and we're really good strategies. You know, today, they're not strategies you should use all the time. And so in five years, you know, we'll keep learning and, and keep plugging away and trying to figure things out. And why is that? Is that because people get aware of the strategies and they, like, there's just too many people trading them? Markets change. I mean, just look at, I mean, just look at the last... Just look at since 2008. Um, the market in 2008 was a very different market than we had from 2009 until December of 2015. And the market from December of 2015 to now has been a very different market. The volatility has changed. We had a historic down move in 2008 followed by a slow, uptrending, strong marketplace that uh, many of the pundits never predicted and criticized every step of the new high along the way. And you know, lots of people thought when the Fed raised interest rates in December that that was going to be the beginning of a very, very sharp down move in our markets. 
And we broke below the 200-day moving average at the beginning of this year. And there was lots of confidence that the move down was coming. And then it didn't come. And we went right back to a slow, uptrending marketplace. And so just in the last six or seven years, we've had three very different markets. Just in the last five months, we've had two very different markets. And the market going forward is in question. We're not sure exactly what the makeup of that market's going to be yet. So we've got to figure it out. I know like trader can make mistakes sometimes. So how do you deal with them? You want to learn from them. We're all going to make mistakes. I can tell you that, you know, one of our best traders is really hard on himself. And one of the things that I worry about him about is that he really takes it personally. He really takes home with him trades where he doesn't make as much as he should and trades where he underperformed. And there's nothing I'm going to really do to help him not feel the pain. In fact, I think it's okay for him to embrace the suck. You know, we can call it embrace the suck. He now we can do things to make those feelings not as powerful. We can do things to help him have those feelings last for shorter periods of time and perhaps not visit as often. But we're never going to really get rid of those feelings. But what you want to do with those feelings is turn them into fuel. You want to turn them into fuel to find best practices that you develop into habits so you do improve. So instead of sitting around on a Friday night after an underperformance, banging out 12 beers with your buddies, you're coming in Saturday morning reviewing your charts reviewing your what we call your book of charts. You are searching for patterns which you can trade with edge. You are putting in place an infrastructure for you to improve. You are proactively doing things to help you get better. That's the things that you need to be, that's the things that you need to be doing. Wallowing in your self-pity is not gonna make you better, but figuring out how you're gonna get better and you all, you should have a plan. You know, in 12 months, where do you want to be as a trader? 12 months sitting at your desk, who do you visualize sitting there? Who is that person? What is that person's P&L? What type of a trader are they? What do you want that to feel like? Well, now what are all the things you need to do to be that person? What are all the best practices you need to turn into habit to get you to be that trader. And are there any other advice you would have for traders that are struggling right now? It's part of the process. I think there's different phases that you go through as a trader. The first phase you're going to go through is you're going to lose too much money. The second phase you're going to go through is you're going to lose less. That's a big improvement. Going from losing too much money to losing less is a big improvement. Then you're going to hopefully trade flat. Trading flat is a large accomplishment. Then you'll trade with a little bit of edge and make a little bit of money. Then you'll expand the types of trades you can trade with a little bit of edge. And then you'll size up in the trades where you have the most edge so that you see your best improvement. But you got to go through that. There's nothing that someone like myself can do to take away that path, to change that path. That's the path you're going 
go through, even if you make it. And so at each step along the way, what's important is to learn. What can I learn from a losing trade? All right, I just lost $100 on the trade. What did the market teach me? And if you're sitting there taking notes, one of the things that I do while I'm trading is I keep open the SMBU Performance Center, which is essentially our detailed review of our trading day, uh, built by TraderView, our, our good friends. And I'm making notes about what I can learn from trading in present. What can I learn about that setup? What can I do better with my trading? And what keeps you motivated to keep trading and keep waking up every morning and going to work? So for me, I live a little bit of a different lifestyle than maybe you. I am, I am first a partner. Um, and so my first job and my major motivation, uh, what I spend most of my energy on is my goals for our traders. So how do I make sure that, you know, specifically, we have seven traders who I'm specifically most focused on for this year. How do I make sure that they are on the path to succeed at levels that I know that they can? What, how can I help? How can the firm help? How can we help with technology? How can we help with more capital? How can we help with other products? What doors do I need to knock down for them to get them the tools that they need? Do they need futures? Okay, how do I figure that out? Do they need to be able to trade international ARB? Okay, how do we do that? Do they need to be trading with more money? Okay, so those are the types of, those, that, that, that is my main focus. Are we recruiting the people that we want in our firm? And then I do trade um, and I do I don't trade every day, but I trade a large majority of the days. The reason I don't trade every day is because oftentimes there are just things I need to take care of as a as a partner, as a managing partner here. Um, but I do trade and it's important for me to continue trading because I need to feel the market so that I can give feedback to other people. But my focus is on them and on their growth and uh, that's and the firm's growth and, and how strong we can we can make it and the value we can provide for anyone walking in the door and anyone who's already here. When you trade, is it like a portion of the day that you schedule only for trading and do nothing else or? I can tell you that every day I, I sit down on my desk and intend to trade for the full day every day. I can also tell you that as a managing partner, that's not realistic. But it's really about setting up a time frame to trade and then focusing on that, I guess. Just give yourself a plug on how people can find you and how they can access your training and everything. So the best resource we have for anyone listening is to go to our blog, go to smbu.com slash blog smbu.com slash blog. And there is a little banner that's in the upper right-hand corner that will allow you to opt into getting a free daily video from us each day. So we send out to anyone who opt in, to, to anyone who opts into that, 
uh, a free video about trades we're making, trading tips. Uh, this is on options and equities and on system automated trading. And you can sit back and every day get a little bit better. One trading tip, one trading review at a time uh, from our free SMBU daily video series. Very valuable, I guess, for uh, for traders. Now, I want to inspect your time. I just want to remind the listeners that all the show notes are going to be on desartotrade.com. So if you want to find the links to the site, it's all going to be on desartotrade.com. And Mike, I'm going to have one last question for you. So if you could give only one sentence of advice for traders they should follow, what would that one sentence of advice be? Trade with edge. You need edge to make money. Uh, what I mean by that is you need trades that will work more times than not for you. And no matter how weak you think your psychology is or how bad you think your technology is or how little capital you actually have or how bad you think your retail broker is to you or how high the commissions are, you need to have trading edge. It needs to be personal. It needs to be internalized. It needs to be a part. It, it needs to highlight and accentuate your talents. I like that. Perfect. So Mike Belfiore, thanks a lot for being on the Detail Street Podcast. For all the listeners, I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Desire to Trade podcast. To get all the information on this show, free articles, and unique resources, make sure to check out www.desiretotrade.com and subscribe. Please leave us a review and let us know what you thought about the show. It's time to become the best trader you can be. See you next time.